Jesus Christ is the light of the world that shines even in the darkness all around us. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. As we prepare to hear God's word read to us today, let's pause to pray that Christ would make clear to us in the light of his way what God is saying for us today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, light of the world, your good news echoes in all of creation. We pray as we listen to your word today that your spirit would be stirring in our hearts as we listen and hear these words. May you make clear to us what you want us to hear and how we are called to live as your people. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hear these words from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, here I am, in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O oh Lord. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O oh Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. And from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, 
Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to, to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, in which you shine like stars in the world. This is the word of God. Let's pray. O Lord, may your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and the glory of Jesus our only concern. Amen. This Sunday begins a five-week-long sermon series on outreach. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this sermon series. It's been a long while in the making. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about how we got here and why we're talking about this today. In 2017, we received a grant from an anonymous donor. And the deal was this. Linwood would receive $10,000 designated for outreach if the congregation matched the donor's funds. Linwood stepped up and matched the funds with roughly $13,000. The generosity of both the donor and Linwood is truly something amazing that we should give God thanks for. The donor's original $10,000 was designated for outreach. This gift gave Linwood the vision to look outside ourselves. There was a bit of a snag, however, in this. We didn't have a vision for outreach as a congregation. And when we best discussed how to use the funds, questions arose such as, does fellowship among our congregation count as outreach? 
our mission and outreach different or the same? Is outreach doing good things to help people or sharing the gospel of Jesus or both? Consistory soon recognized that we needed a vision of what outreach is and what it's not. So Consistory formed an outreach task force to create a vision of outreach. The team consisted of five members, three of them I see here today. Shout out to Walt and to Kathy and to Ashley. The team met from last summer until November, and when their work was completed, they shared with Consistory a vision for outreach and gave Consistory a potential list of ways to get involved in our community. The team's vision for outreach I would like to share with you this morning, and if I could have the tech team pull it up, I'm going to share this with you. This is what they wrote. We are called to be the hands and feet of Christ and sow seeds with words and actions that point to Jesus by going beyond our doors into the community to learn about our neighbors with compassion, know them with respect, and humbly embrace them for who they are. We accomplish this by using our specific talents and resources to work with our neighbors and to address the community's needs. I would just like to say thank you for the task force for this beautiful vision of how we are to live as disciples of Jesus. If you would like a full copy of their report, it's actually out in the narthex um, on a blue sheet of paper. I encourage you to grab one and take it with you today. Now, you may be curious or wondering just how the task force wrote this vision for outreach, and I'm thrilled to tell you how. At each of our meetings, the task force began by reading a story from the life of Jesus, and we asked questions like, how did Jesus engage his community? What does Jesus' character and actions teach us about the nature of outreach? These discussions were my favorite part of our meetings. Believe it or not, we learned so much from Jesus. He's a pretty wise guy. Because of these rich discussions in our meetings, the task force wanted to do this sermon series. In other words, we wanted to invite you into the conversation. We want to learn from Jesus' example together and ask the following questions. How do we love our neighbors like Jesus? How do we engage our community like Jesus? How do we share the good news of God's love like Jesus? These are the questions we will address in this five-week sermon series. If I was to pick one and only one scripture passage to use for a theology, an ideology of outreach, I would choose Philippians 2. Scholars believe that Philippians 2 is an ancient hymn that Christians would sing about the nature of Jesus. I want to read part of it for you again. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. 
but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, who is in the very nature of God, became human like us to save us. The theological term for this phenomenon is called the incarnation. The incarnation is the mystery of God becoming human in the person of Jesus. Eugene Peterson wrote a paraphrase of the Bible entitled The Message, and he describes this mystery of the incarnation as, quote, Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that imagery. There is so much that we could talk about this image of the incarnation and specifically what we can learn about it, about outreach. The first thing that I want to highlight for you is that Jesus went. Jesus left his place of comfort, his place of power in the halls of heaven, and moved into the neighborhood of those that he would be ministering to. Jesus left heaven to come to us, and the whole reason for his movement was love. Therefore, if we want to be like Jesus and minister like Jesus, we too need to move from the walls of our church. We need to go out from our places of comfort and power and privilege and meet our neighbor and those in need. Outreach involves going outside of ourselves. I think it's important to note that Jesus didn't just take a vacation for a couple days in the form of a human. He lived and ministered among them. He didn't just go back to the halls of heaven once his work was done. He did eventually ascend, but Jesus lived among those that he ministered to. He loved them. Outreach means that we go out to our community and love them. This movement of loving and engaging our community doesn't necessarily mean a one-time program or event. Outreach is living with the love of Jesus in our communities for our whole lives. It's being compassionate to our coworkers. It's engaging the clerks in the grocery store line and asking, how's their day? It's bringing a meal to someone who's sick. It's taking the step of courage to ask someone if they would like prayer if they're grieving or going through a difficult time. Outreach is living out our faith in ways big and small in our community. It's not flashy, but that's the life of ministry that we are called to.
A person who I saw do this well is a man named Bob. Bob and I worked together at an investment firm in Iowa for about a year and a half. Bob was higher up in the firm, and I was working as an administrative assistant. I was working there before I decided to go to seminary. Bob and I became friends over the break room lunch table. Eventually, I shared with Bob that I was going to go to seminary, and Bob began sharing with me about his own faith and how he wrestled with the intersection of his faith and his job. He was always thinking thoughtfully about how to treat his clients with care and to invest ethically. Towards the end of my time at the bank, Bob would print off his favorite devotionals and leave them on my desk in the mornings. When I think of someone who lived out their faith in their everyday spaces, Bob is someone that I think about. The first thing that we learn about outreach from Jesus' example in Philippians 2 is that Jesus went. Jesus went and lived ministry among the everyday lives of people. The second thing that I want to point out about Jesus' example is that Jesus humbled himself. Philippians 2 says he emptied himself. In other words, Jesus is not concerned with power, prestige, or climbing the ladder. The downward movement of Christ is countercultural. It's even hard for us to grasp and understand why would God take human form? Why would Jesus humble himself to the point of death? The humility of Christ was birthed from love for humanity and a willingness to participate in God's larger plan. As we participate in the ministry of outreach, we also need to empty ourselves of our pride, our need to fix others, our ideas that we have everything right. Once we can empty ourselves of these things, perhaps we might have the space to see and accept God's kingdom plan. Outreach is done poorly and even harmfully when it is filled with pride rather than humility. I'd like to give you two pictures that illustrate this. First, a financially blessed individual coming to someone who's financially impoverished. Don't get me wrong, it's a really beautiful and generous thing when someone gives of their resources to another. But when it's done in a condescending way, it's not done with the love of Jesus. The same is true with the second example. What if, uh, what a gift it is to share with someone the good news of the love of Jesus. But if someone shares this news in pride, it is belittling, judging, parading, and not listening to the person who's not a Christian. This sharing of the good news of Jesus actually alienates and tears down rather than builds up. If we are to participate in outreach like Christ, it must be done with humility in both our giving to others in word and action. 
Christ's humility, his emptying of self, allowed him the space to receive and follow God's will. When we do outreach, we must empty ourselves of our own agendas, even if we think they're good agendas. So often when we enter into outreach, we have certain goals in mind. And even although our goals may be good, perhaps we should stop and first ask ourselves to be open to what God wants. Where might God be calling us to care for our community? How can we care for the spiritual needs and questions of people within our context and community? When we ask God these questions and listen humbly, we empty ourselves of our own agendas and ask what God desires. A ministry in our context who has lived with this humility is the Gilderland Food Pantry. The way that they engage in ministry is they humbly inquire what the need was within our community and sought to follow the movement of Jesus that cares for all people's needs, both their body and their soul. At the Gilderland Food Pantry, people can participate in receiving food in a way that they don't feel marginalized but empowered. The food pantry is set up so that people can choose their food based on their specific needs. And this both meets the needs of individuals and gives them the sense of dignity. Philippians 2 is all about downward mobility. Jesus humbled himself out of love to meet the needs of those that he ministered to. The really interesting thing is that in this downward trajectory of humility, God glorified Jesus. Jesus died, and then he rose to newness of life. When we die to our pride, perhaps God will resurrect new life, vision, compassion, and humility into that space within us. Outreach and mission is all about living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. Outreach does not require a fancy new program or event. Outreach is living with the love of Jesus in our everyday lives in ways that proclaim the love of God. It's not flashy, but it certainly can be a challenge. The good news is that the Spirit helps us and strengthens us as we live in this way. Every Tuesday, we meet as a staff here at Linwood and talk through the scripture passage. And as we looked at Philippians 2 together, I shared with the staff that I love giving sermons that have homework. You're welcome. <laughs> so I have a little bit of homework, if you choose to accept, as you think about this scripture passage throughout your week and wonder how God may be calling you to respond. I want you to reflect on two questions, if you're willing, and the first is this. What is one area of your life where God might be calling you to empty yourself or humble yourself so that God can do something new? I'd like to give you an example so you know I'm participating in the homework and not just assigning things to you. <laughs> 
So for me, I realize that I need to assume, I, I have this habit of assuming that my ideas are the best ideas, right? Anybody resonate with that? <laughs> and so I, I want to try to be a better listener to people who have different views than myself and to trust the Spirit's work in others. So as you're thinking about one way you may need to empty yourself so that God can provide space to do something new, I invite you to write that on your bulletin if you so desire or make a mental note. Pray about it this week, that God will give you the strength to be humble like Jesus, and that in this act of humility or emptying yourself, God might also bring new life. The second piece of homework, I'm being really tough on you guys today, is this. This is the second question. What is one small way you can live with the love of Jesus in your life outside of church? So again, I'm going to give you an example of what I've thought of I'm going to do. Um, I have neighbors who are Afghani refugees, and their children love to garden with me in the backyard. But I'm so often at church or off doing other things, I don't create time to play with them. And so this week, I want to set aside some time to just be with these children and to be with them in the garden and play with them and ask about how their days are going and how school's going for them. That's one way I want to live with the love of Jesus. So what about for you? What's one thing that you can do to live with the love of Jesus outside of your work here at church? If you have an idea, write it down on your bulletin or make a mental note and ask God to give you the courage to live in this way next week. Now, next Sunday, um, during the prayers of the people, if you're so willing, during the praises section, I might ask if anyone wants to share how this, these practices went for them during the week. Now, I realize that some of you may be thinking internally, oh, no, <laughs> she's going to call us out on this next week. So don't worry if you don't have anything to share. You're still welcome at church. Please don't run away. But I, I thought it might be a good way for us to reflect and celebrate together the work of the Spirit within us, in the way that God is both humbling us and calling us to love our neighbor. So if you're willing to share next Sunday how your um, two experiments went, we'd love to celebrate and share that together. Dear friends, the good news of the gospel that we hear in Philippians 2 is that Jesus came down and humbled himself out of love for us. And Jesus calls us to live in this way to our neighbors and to all those around us. My prayer is that the love of Jesus inspires us and uplifts us this week as we walk in God's way. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful for the great love that you have for us, for the inspiring and baffling image of your humility. We pray with boldness that you would help us by the work of your spirit to be humble and to live lives that uplift others rather than lifting up ourselves. We also pray that you would give us the strength to live with love in our communities outside of church, that in word and action, our lives may be a finger that points to you and glorifies you. May you be glorified in all that we say and do. We pray this in your name. Amen.